This is a Choice to Love podcast with Ray and Toy C, where we take a faith-based approach to marriage, marketplace, and ministry so that both married and unmarried kingdom citizens have the strategies necessary to build and maintain meaningful and reciprocal relationships that produce long-lasting fruit. Join our after-party community on Facebook. Search for A Choice to Love podcast and join. Hey, y'all. Welcome to A Choice to Love podcast with Ray and Toy C, where we take a faith-based approach to marriage, marketplace, and ministry. Hey, Toy C. Hey, Ray C. I love you. I love you too, Bay. You ready to get into this discussion? Yes. But before we start, let's recatch what we talked about in our sneak peek episode, okay? Yes, sir. All right, a choice to love community and all my other listeners. Listen, we talked about three things that had to be included when you make a choice to love. The first thing was risk factor. Two, having great faith. And three, being unorthodox. Now, I personally shared a little bit about the risk factor. And one of the main points I made is that you will not be able to fully give up yourself, nor fully receive love because of a false sense of fear in the relationship. All right, a choice to love community. If you have not had a chance to listen to our sneak peek episode, the one we did in January, you have to go back and do it because in this episode, we're just going to jump straight into great faith. So the second thing that has to be included when you make a choice to love is great faith. Now, when you consider having great faith, faith has a sound. Faith speaks. Faith is action and faith controls your wacky emotions. And yes, I said that. And it also tells you to sober up and follow the plan. Stay in the press and don't die in the process. Yes, don't die in what you was called to come out of. Ooh, babe, that's really, really good. But you know what? I was thinking about great faith and I thought about Abraham. See, Abraham was a whole friend of God. I mean, he was given the instructions to give up the promise after he received the promise. Yes, and that's because he received a prophetic word. In Genesis, the 12th chapter, God spoke to him and came to him and said, Abraham, I need you to get up, leave your kindred, your kinfolks, and the land that you used to, and go to another land that I'm promising you. Because I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to bless you. And all the seeds in the earth are going to be blessed through you. And anyone that bless you, I'll bless them. And anybody that curse you, I'm going to curse you. Curse them. Now, down in the 15th chapter, God comes back to Abraham and say, Abraham, I got another promise for you. Mm-hmm. And this is the promise of a son through Sarah. And he said, listen, the thing that's different about this is that this promise will be the one that will fulfill every other promise that I spoke to you. Listen, I mean, literally the promise that came with a future. Yes. All right, listeners. So here's your homework assignment. What must you sacrifice in faith? Because some of us need to sacrifice the description of the man or woman you told God you had to have as an ideal spouse. You know that list you had. Toy C had to get into a place where she would say, God, I want whoever you want for me because that's the person I'll be able to do all parts of my life with. Marriage, marketplace, ministry, 
and a little bit whist too, because my bae, he plays bid whist. And, yeah. <laughs> and I literally had to readjust my list because of purpose. The first two was, you know, okay, they were part of the, the process. But my race C, who came riding in on a donkey, that man, my man, my prophet and priestly king is a part of Toy C's, listen to this, y'all, purposeful destiny. So, sweetie, what do you have to say to the men about sacrificing in faith? Or what do you think about this concept of sacrificing in faith? Well, they on a personal note, I can I can testify about the sacrificing in faith because in my last relationship prior to this is that things were good. And I want to make sure I make this clear because sometimes when God has us to move on, people think it always got to be something bad. But all things are not bad. Some things are good, but that just mean it's good for you. And I came to a point in a situation relationship where God was requiring me to go on to more. Because he had something else for me. and But people was trying to tell me, hey, you need to stay. Everything is good. You got no issues. You got no problem. But listen, I had a choice to either I'm going to follow the flesh where it was comfortable or I'm going to sacrifice in faith. Mm-hmm. And because I chose to sacrifice in faith, I ended up greater and greater and blessed in better areas than I was. Mm-hmm. Now, for us men, you know, the first thing and the hardest thing God tells us is to forsake our father and our mother and cleave to our wife. Now, men can tell you there's nothing like a father's daughter love and there's nothing like a mother's son love. And I know that personally because for me, man, Apostle Carter, my mom, she was the closest man. And whatever she said, it was law. And that means if she said talk to her, I talked to her. She said don't talk to her. I didn't talk to her. She said go this. I was just on her whim. But now being married as a grown man and making a choice to love, there is no such thing as I heard coming between a wife and a mom. There's nothing about choosing sides like mom don't like her, don't like her decisions or how wifey does things. For me, that is an impossible because you know what? Babe, you can do it better. Babe, tell them what's your number. One. That's right. See, great faith had to get me to this place of this faith walk and the choice of love because Bay is number one. I'm talking about Toy C, y'all. I ain't talking about nobody else. I'm talking about Toy C in my life is number one. And ain't nobody, no one, nowhere going to ever take her place, period. Or as my granddaughter, our granddaughter Maddie says, period, poo. Listen with her head turned to the side. But babe, really quickly, I wanted to um, just speak a little bit on when you said, you know, Toy, what's your number? And I said, number one. And this is for the listeners. It took me a while to really believe that I was number one. Not that he wasn't showing me through his actions, but my mindset had been stuck in past experiences where I wasn't being treated as number one when I should have. And so I just want to to publicly thank, thank you, Racy, for, listen, dwelling with toy according to knowledge, right? Um, You really helped me to kind of come out of that space. And I'm grateful that you were patient with me during that healing process. So thank you so much, babe. I love you. Yeah, no problem, sweetie. But I know I can hear right now a bunch of church folks, religious people, doctors and theologists talking about the Lord Jesus. He must be first. God has to be first. And I just want to say wrong. That's not for us. See, for us, this choice of love 
marriage, marketplace, and ministry. Jesus has no number simply because Jesus is the center and all else in our lives revolves around him. Now, y'all sing the song all the time. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> okay, I thought you want to get the keyboard out. Now, we sing the song, but how many of us really have Jesus in the center? See, when you put him as a number, numbers and things can change. Mm-hmm. But see, look at it like the center of a circle. And every circle around the center represents the marriage, the marketplace, and the ministry. Most people look at the circle from the outside in. We move from the inside out. See, because everything alternates and moves and lives from Jesus. And this is going to work in your marriage, your marketplace, and ministry. You know why? Because like the circles can change, your marriage can change. Mm -hmm. The marketplace can change. You can get a different job. Even ministry changes. But the one thing that was going to be is Jesus remains the same. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, we have a choice to love. Now, I know it sounds impossible. It sounds play on words. It don't even make common sense what I'm saying. But listen, babe, there was a scholar that wrote. His name was uh, G. Seaton, S-E-A-T-O-N. And he said, listen, faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. See, that's why it's going to take great faith to have a choice to love. Because, listen, y'all, faith makes all things possible and love makes all things easy. Yeah, but that's really rich. You know what? I have a go-to definition for faith, and that is simply, it's the assuredness of things hoped for, a firm belief of things not seen. And for me, you know, or for us, my posture is this. I trust in God based on evidence in the absence of proof. Uh oh. Let me let hold on. Yeah. Uh, did I hear that correctly? I want to make sure because a thought just came to my head. You said your posture is of I trust in God mm-hmm. based on evidence in the absence of proof. Mm-hmm. Listen, there was a theologian oh, and, and a Quaker, and he was a he was a great found person. His name was uh, D. Elton Trueblood. And listen to what he said, babe. He said, faith is not belief without truth, but it's trust without reservation. Mm. Wait a minute. Say that again. Okay. This name, his name is Elgin Trueblood, in case anyone want to look him up. Mm-hmm. He said, faith is not belief without the proof, but it's trust without the reservation. Wow, that's huge. Trust without reservation. So now I have to unlearn and relearn to think about faith differently now. And that's so valid for me because I'm a proof kind of gal and the Lord has and continues to correct me on this. Um, So what's your go-to definition for faith? Uh, even before I get out of that, listen, everybody has to have a personal definition or revelation of faith for themselves. Listen, community, you got to make it make sense for you. Mm-hmm. You can't go into your situation without revelation. See, what we paid the price for, we can't even fight your battles. We can't even walk it for you, nor can you fight with our weapons. Think about the story of David when David was going to fight Goliath, mm-hmm. and he knew that, that he had the ability to do it. Saul wanted to put his armor on David. And David said, man, I haven't proved this. 
In other words, if I don't went out here with Saul weapons on, I'll lose. So I got to work with the weapons that God has given me. And so what we're saying is that you can gather information from us, but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation or give you a rhema word from it. Mm -hmm. And then you apply it to your own situation. In other words, you gather from us or we gather from you what God has revealed. And then we go and put it into, uh, into action. That's why I say it again. You got to make it make sense for you, for you to understand, because you cannot battle with something when you don't understand it, because what you don't understand, you will misuse and abuse. Mm. That's why me, my go to faith statement is faith acts like a thing is so even when it ain't so so that it may become so. Oh, babe, you know, you got to slow down. OK, repeat that slowly, sir. OK, faith acts like a thing is so. Even when it ain't so, so that it may become so. And my faith scripture is Mark eleven twenty four. When he said, believe that you receive and you should have it. Listen, you believe you have it, then you get it. Or as they say in layman terms, live like it's real, then it'll show up. Mm. I know at your teaching class, uh, never tell a story without making a point and don't make a point without telling a story. So here's my story. There was a woman who, who had real issues with diabetes real bad, mm -hmm. and she took insulin. And she went up to get healed, prayed for by the man of God that laid hands on to be healed. And he told her, by faith, you were healed. And he told her, continue to confess that you're healed mm -hmm. till you see it. So every time a woman would get up and take her shot, she said, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Her sugar would go up, her sugar would do this for on and on. But she kept on every time she take that medicine, I'm healed by stripes of Jesus. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I don't have diabetes. Till about six months later, she was rushed to the hospital. And they didn't know what was wrong with her. They was taking all type of tests. And listen, there was this one doctor coming and said, I have one more test I want to take. I'm just curious. And so when he came back, he asked the lady this one question. He said, ma'am, are you taking insulin? She said, yes, sir. He said, that's your problem. You're taking insulin and you don't need it. You're not a diabetic. My Lord, faith is action. Yeah, see, faith is action, babe. That's why God is not a respecter person, but he is a respecter of faith. Mm -hmm. And listen, there was two people in the Bible that Jesus said had great faith. And guess what? It wasn't them church folks. Yeah. It wasn't the children of Israel. And let me tell them this, you know, like mustard seed faith and great faith. Mustard seed faith moves mountain, but great faith moves God. Y'all can have that for free. Because <laughs> listen, the two people said, one said, Lord, if you just speak a word, my servant will be healed. And the other one said, listen, even dogs eat from the master table. Come on. So in faith, you have to come to a place you're going to trust God's word and you're willing to go through whatever you got to go through to get your deliverance. That's good. That's good. That's great faith. And see, in closing, I want to let you know that we have dealt with the risk factor. That you got to willing to risk be hurt. Don't mean you're going to get hurt, but you have to be willing to risk it to take down all your barriers and all your walls. Number two, we talked about great faith. That is action and not dying in the process and fulfilling your purpose. Now, listeners, y'all going to have to answer this for yourselves. What will you risk? And what are you willing to sacrifice in faith? And I tell you, I can't wait to the next episode. when We're going to get to this is toy C stuff right here. Being unorthodox. 
Yeah, babe, I'm excited about it. And we'll definitely deal with that in the next episode. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to continue the discussion uh, on the third thing that has to be included when you make a choice to love, and that's being unorthodox. Now, we want you to make sure you have joined our podcast community on Facebook. Just search for A Choice to Love podcast. So, babe, that's a wrap. I love you, Ray C. I love you too, Toy C. Mwah. Mwah. And happy love month, everybody. See you soon. This is a Choice to Love podcast with Ray and Toy C, where we take a faith-based approach to marriage, marketplace, and ministry so that both married and unmarried kingdom citizens have the strategies necessary to build and maintain meaningful and reciprocal relationships that produce long-lasting fruit. Join our after-party community on Facebook. Search for A Toys to Love podcast and join.